Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion. This is your weekly Star Wars podcast. Welcome back to another week. This is episode 105. I hope you are keeping well. In this week's show, we've got a bit of news to get through and then we're on to our review of or our discussion about The Bad Batch, which is the recent Disney Plus animated short that was um, launched last weekend. So we're going to go through episode one of that. Uh, So Mark and myself will chew the fat and see how we feel about Disney's latest offering, into some animated stuff since the Clone Wars, which will be good. And then before that, uh, as I said, we've got a little bit of news to get through, so we'll rattle through that nice and quick. We've got some book news, we've got some film news, and we've got some set location-y stuff to go through, which is all good. Joining me, as always, is the dude in the co He is in the co-pilot seat. I didn't appreciate the, the, the jibes last week, to be honest. Did not appreciate that at all. I'm always very courteous, never horrible to him, and then look... In he comes. Anyway, he's in the co-pilot seat, backseat driving. Mr. Mark, how you doing, dude? At least I'm driving, and I'm not stalling it. Tired of this crap. <laughs> You're tired of stalling the car? That's your own fault, mate. I don't stall it. I drive an automatic these days. Uh, after 15 years of stalling it, finally upgraded. You can still get them. Um, I'm all right, thanks, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Been all right. Been a busy old Star Wars week, hasn't it? So I'm... Uh, I'm loving that, mate. I am loving it, geezer. Sweet. Sweet as, mate. Sweet. That's been a busy week for Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's why I said it. it. wasn't a lie. Don't just say it, do I? Well. Not here to no. have a laugh. We're, not, we're here to be serious about Star Wars. Come on. <laughs> Jesus. We're not here to have a fun. We're not here to have a laugh and have a good time. Come on. We're here to have fun. Podcasting's a serious business. Everyone knows that. You should only podcast if you are... At the height of seriousness in all our elements of life. <laughs> yeah, casual indie podcasters just go home or stay home, but put the microphone away. Just just quit, yeah? Just get out. All of this is scripted. That's what they don't understand. All this digression that we do, it's all scripted. You know, I'm sat there on a Wednesday night, 9pm, eating my pasta, watching Beat the Chasers, thinking to myself, ah, let me write this little digression in here where we talk about the office and stalling cars. They don't see, but you know. I credit other comedians, so that's good. It's all good. And they know that you rock and roll through and through. You don't, you don't waste your evenings, mate, do you? Eh? No. How many did I have last night, then, if you're counting? Getting a bit too personal. It's a shame. That is a shame. Right, dude, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to forego the what have you been up to in Star Wars, because oh. I've done nowt other than watch episode one of The Bad Batch. This is bullshit. Unless you can't do that. It's, it's been May the 4th. You can't just go, yeah, the one week where everything's kicking off, we're going to skip it. Well, there's obviously been stuff that's been happening in the world of Star Wars, but me personally, I haven't done anything Star Warsy other than watch a bit of TV. Have you? Oh, yes. Oh. 
I was waiting for this. She's on the list. So on the list. Went on to get it. Oh, I, go on uh, then. What I'll you tell you to? very quickly. Fine. Jeez. I've uh, ordered the old R2-D2. You know, the Lego one. Oh, you did? Nice. Yeah, it's on back order now. Though. I was going to get it on day one, and then Sam was like, no, 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 because the shops are open, so we should go to the shops, like Meadowall or the Trafford Centre or something, um, both of which are equidistant from us. Um, you know, once I've done with them, Winnersh, Bracknell, you know, <laughs> so I ordered that, Taplo, right? I ordered that. Um, then I got, so I got it on the Sunday when Sam was then saying, we can't go shopping anymore. So I'm like, so I had to order it on the internet line, right? So I rang them up on the website. I was like, through typing it in, typed it in, what's cracking? Ordered it on the internet, got an email through electronic mail, easy in it. And then it said, it's not going to come now until June, early June, which I'm fine with. I was a little bit annoyed for the first second or two, but then I've got this little baby Yoda Lego thing still to build. So I'm actually all right with that. And then Wicked Brick emailed me like 20 minutes ago saying they've got a case for it, you know, like one of them display stamps. I'm like, oh, you f- So that's that. So that's... Yeah, and then I've been reading yeah. reading the old Throne book as well, but that's for another day. In fact, no, we're going to talk about that in a minute. So I'll just wait on that one. But you've mm. not done out anyway, so I'm not even going to ask you. No, I've not, I've not done out, mate. I've, I've kept abreast of what's going on with uh, Star Wars Day stuff, obviously. Although I'm a bit underwhelmed, though, this year. I will be honest. Yeah, it was a lot of Disney Plus stuff, wasn't it? And a lot of bit of Lego stuff. Did you not watch any of the other Disney Plus stuff that came out? Like the biomes and the uh, the, uh, the 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 tour of the things, the little shorts, the Lego Maggie... Uh, no, sorry, the Maggie Simpson quote, uh, short. No, none of that? No, no. Right. I probably will, well, but yeah, I didn't watch them, you know, the second that they landed. No. Right. Well, I feel like when you've watched them, we should talk about that. Cause like, especially the Simpsons one. Like, there's a lot of... Uh, I feel like Star Wars is getting a little bit less serious on itself. Like, they're taking the mick out of themselves a little bit more, which is new. Well, they would have they would have definitely um, put that vibe out there if they'd have launched that animated series that we thought they were going to. You know, uh, is it Star Wars Detours? You know, that animated yeah, one yeah. that they've been for years and then they, it was supposedly coming back. If they had have brought that out for Star Wars Day, that would have been very cool because that's just one huge animated uh, satire of Star Wars. So that would have been cool. Yeah. But alas, didn't happen. Right. Didn't happen in the end. It was rubbish. <laughs> so Star Wars Day for me, I don't know what, I don't know what it was, dude. It just felt like it was very um, low key-ish. For some people, it's probably amazing. Like, oh, this is amazing. But I just remember, I just remember it being better. And that's all I'm going to say on it. Well, all right. Yeah, that's all you need. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to try and get one of those R2-D2s, though, for sure. But I don't want to pay double on eBay, the scalpers. That'll be annoying. I know, man. I was sort of glad that I did order it, because I was, uh, yeah. I wanted to. I really wanted to go to the shop and get the Imperial Shuttle, because I've got the old Lars Homestead mini thing. I'm sure that I'll come as part of the pre-order st- or the ordering during the, the Star Wars celebration stuff, Star Wars week. But I sort of wanted to get that Imperial Shuttle because it was available, not because I wanted it, but just because it was like, well, I'm going to pay the same money for this anyway. So I was a little bit miffed because see, Sam had said, look, we're not going shopping this weekend. I'd have ordered it on the internet. Uh, sorry, I want to, I, I just, sorry, yeah, I would have just ordered it on the internet. Jobs are good and it would have been as easy as that and it would have probably been in my hands right now, but she dilly-dallied. Amateur hour. Hey. Damn it. 
Oh, well. Anyway, let's crack on with some news, because I feel mm. like the podcast has started on a bit of a downer. Due to me, wow. admittedly. I realise that. Thrawn, book number two. Greater good. Books for the greater good. If you want a limited... Forward by Duncan Goodhue. <laughs> <laughs> if you want a limited edition version of said book, you can do that at outofprint.com. Uh, 150 bucks though. Cool. 150 bucks for a limited edition book. And the only things that you're getting with this <laughs> is uh, you're getting an exclusive jacket cover with a sweet, actually it is a pretty sweet illustration by Megali Velanueve. Uh, special foil stamp slipcase uh, signed by Timothy Zahn himself printed colour end papers featuring the ascendancy symbol case stamped with the symbol on the jacket uh, true stained booked pages in the vibrant red to offset the blue from the previous one and blue accents features throughout (laughs) so dude you started reading this book already right this was out last week was it yeah I'm halfway through it so um, and it's alright actually it's a decent little book but I mentioned this last week and I wanted to talk to you about it because I'm a little bit pissed with this. <laughs> like, I like the idea of it's 750 copies. Um, that's like where the collector part of it is, you know, in terms of limited edition. And each purchase helps to fund literary programs, literacy programs, and book donations to communities in need. Yep, good. Like that. You know what I mean? You know, I'm out here on, well, there in the studio. You know what I mean? And that's good. But. I'm a little bit pissed because on the pre-order that you got for the first one, this Ascendancy Trilogy, which is over there behind me, right? It just came with blue thing. It just, like, I I feel cheated that they knew that they were then going to do a red version of it that was going to be mega expensive Mm. because I wouldn't have bought the other one. I'd have just waited. Now it's going to annoy me. Like, my OCD is going to be like, well, this is ridiculous. But I ain't paying that amount of money for it. And the illustration's all right. It just looks like Schmidt, though, from New Girl. (laughs) Yeah, it does a bit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So overall, not overly happy with this. I mean, I like it, but I'm a little bit miffed, if I'm honest. Because if they'd have just said, do you know what? Actually, this is going to be part of a bit of a three-way thing. You know, I'd have still given the same 19 quid for the other book, but it wouldn't have screwed with my OCD. So, yeah, it is what it is. Bloody capitalism, innit? I don't know. It's clever. Like if I ran a book, if I ran a book company, like all of the Star Wars geeks loved the blue pages. I know what I'll do. Yeah, yeah. So you can see, you can see why they've done that. But big time. It's just not hundred. So one hundred and fifty dollars. What's that in in British pounds? Was that one hundred and twenty quid in old money? Yeah, one hundred and twenty quid ish. Ish. So that's still a lot for a book, and I don't feel like you get enough with it to justify one hundred and fifty no. bucks. I agree, man. Yeah, so I, can, I totally understand, man. I would be pissed too. Ooh, anyway, it's a decent book, though. I'm enjoying it. I think I mentioned it last week. Like, uh, the first book is like, what are all... Because they've got these weird names, haven't they? You know, where they've got this very odd naming con- convention, like Mithron Wardo, and that's, you know, the middle bit is Thrawn. And then they've got Mithurfian and blah, 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 which so you've got Thurfian and all it. It's a very, you know, you've got to get your head into that. And then now they're trying to establish this greater chiss in the new uh, the new canon. So the nine ruling houses, the 40 other houses, and you're like, what the... It's <laughs> like when we talked about when you had, uh, you know, when you read Alphabet Squadron, and it was just like, here are 500 new characters. 
Yeah. Same with that Claudia Gray, but like I mentioned last week. Totally. Same problem. But the cool thing with this, I don't know, for some reason, it's sort of, um, I don't know, it's always got this linchpin of throne, whereas the other books, like especially that Claudia Gray one, was so like around other people. Like there were so many threads to it. At least with this one, it's like Thrawn is always at the centre of it. So that's kind of interesting. But yeah, no, it's it's good. It's still a fascinating character, but I ain't paying 120 quid for this. No way. I'm going to keep that green in my pochette. Yep. Get some more Lego with that money, for sure. Might bloody have to. Might bloody have to now. Chiss. Is my DS on? Chiss. Yeah. Chiss. Anyway, that's Thrawn. Let us know if any of you guys pick that up. Send us some pics or overview. It'd be cool to see the red pages. Anyway, moving on. Star Wars Day, as Lucasfilm typically do, they um, they pop out a really cool poster to celebrate Star Wars Day. Uh, done the same one this year. Hand fans are not not happy though, dude. The fans are mm. not happy at all with this particular poster because, although it is a cool poster, they've omitted certain characters. And you know what start you know what it's like. One Star Wars fan is like, I'm not happy about this. Before the end of the day's out, you've got a million Star Wars fans that have jumped on the same land speeder and it just goes out of control. So anyway, cool poster, but there's no characters or anything from the sequel films or The Mandalorian. And people are not happy about this. All of the fans that went completely berserk at Lucasfilm and Star Wars because they hated the sequel films especially The Rise of Skywalker. And now they're like, well, where are these characters that I really like from the sequel films? Why are they not on the poster? It's like, oh, now you want it. Now you want to jump in and defend the sequels. I read you. Uh, so it's got all like the, it's, it's very original trilogy-esque to me, this poster, which I think is what they're going for. But they have included a few little bits on there. You've got Ventress on there, which looks cool. You've got the Bad Batch and some other people. So I feel like if you just put everything on there, it's a real crowded poster. looks cool to me, but are you happy about this or are you miffed like fandom? Well, I quite like it. Um, and I think what's interesting to me, there are a couple of, a couple of interesting bits. Number one, you like you, you completely nailed a really, really solid point on that, um, which is the uh, obviously the fact that the people that were like, oh, the sequels aren't great, they're now, you know, worried that they weren't on there but the the you know overall i sort of get this like overall you know you've got i think you've got a bomber from the beginning of the last jedi just above the death star <laughs> so you know take that argument away that's the sequel trilogy right there and i think there's some sand on there which obviously appears in uh, in all of the trilogies which is good um but the couple of interesting things to me are it's clear the Ahsoka and the Bad Batch. Like, why the hell are the Bad Batch on here? Well, because it's marketing, right? It's a, that's what this is. It's not for you to print out and put on your wall, you know, as much as we want to. That's why Ahsoka's on there. And guess what? It's the older Ahsoka. Um, but then that leads me to what you mentioned. So you pop Ahsoka on there. You pop um, the Bad Batch on there, right? Fair enough. That's clear marketing. So then why is Ventress on there? Like, that's the standout. So have we not seen the last of Ventress? Potentially not. Hmm. It's interesting, especially when last week I talked about Matt Lanter teasing that Anakin was coming back in animated form. I don't know. I don't know if there's any relation to that or whatever. But it, don't it seem weird that Ventress is on that? That's the one. I, I can. The Bad Batch and Ahsoka I can, I can write down as marketing. 
tenuous as it is. But Ventress is really weird, man. Maul's on there because he looks badass. You know? Yeah. Ventress yeah. is weird, dude. It's a, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because the right side of the poster is obviously the dark side, and you've got Vader and Palps doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Maul's on there, like you said, just because he's badass and people like him. And then no Ren. Instead, there's Ventress. Yeah, maybe it's just, um, I don't know, maybe it's just Lucasfilm saying, look, let's just throw a bit of a curveball out this year. Let's just not flood yeah. it with all the popular ones that we put on all the posters all the time. Let's change it up a bit. Get the fandom talking. Mission accomplished. Well, yeah, yeah, maybe so. You know me, I like to read into things, but I don't know, it just seems weird. I, I am correlating the Bad Batch and Ahsoka being on there to Ventress. I am. Right. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but I mean, there's like a TIE fighter on the left-hand side. <laughs> well, it's chasing you know the Falcon, I mean? isn't it? It's chasing after... Oh, yeah, let you off. Never noticed that. Yeah, good shout, good shout, good shout. I don't know. It's, it is a weird one. You're absolutely right around the mission accomplished on getting people talking. Um, and why is Jabba know, on It's just weird. Why, why is Jabba? Jabba's not like exactly. a Sith or anything, is he? No. Mind you... Why yeah. choose these people? You know what I mean? When The more you look at it and you're like, oh, wait a sec, there's Dooku. There's like any one of the sequel Darksiders. You know, Kylo Ren, I'm not saying you'd put Snoke on there, but Kylo Ren clearly, clearly is a stronger contender. Mm. Yeah, but he kind of redeemed himself, didn't he? So he's probably well, now, exactly. wherever he is now in the Force, he's, he's a light sider again, isn't he? I think. Yeah. I just think Ventress sticks out. I just think it's weird. But we'll see. We'll see. I might be reading too much into it. But I, I do think that really stands out. We probably are, to be fair, mate. But we do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, true. We wouldn't have a podcast if we didn't do that. That'd be boring. Yeah, true. Uh, and one thing that a, a lot of people have pointed out, and they've tweeted loads about it, is the very, very nice um, makeup that Mark Hamill has got on. The nice lipstick, yeah. the eyeliner. Very feminine-looking face for Luke in this one. Yeah, he's lovely looking. I mean, his bone structure is not as strong as in in real life, but he's you know he's, he's always a very softly spoken young man. Mm, nice hair. Anyway, moving on. I don't know why you put nice this hair. next one on here, dude. Is it just for? Well, I'll tell you. For nostalgia, brevity. Tell me. Because it's fascinating. Okay. It's fascinating. And I'll tell you what else is fascinating. Now, the, 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 um, so what Gaz is talking about here is this uh, retro film review published by Variety from May 25th, 1977, a review of the original Star Wars. Now, there were a couple of things that were interesting with this. Number one, the related reviews, uh, they all click through apart from Attack of the Clones. It's a dead, it's a dead, uh, dead link. But the reason I put it on is that those I've read all those reviews, right? And there's two things that stick out. How they are constructed versus how reviews are structured today. It's like the good old days. Do you know what I mean? It's just, there's no screwing about. There's no messing about. It's just straight at it. <laughs> Jobs are good. And like, here, like, I'll give you a little, let me give you a little takeaway from this, okay? Like, you would never get this written today, Okay. Like a breath of fresh air, Star Wars sweeps away the cynicism that has in recent years obscured the concepts of valour, dedication and honour. 
Make no mistake, this is by no means a children's film, with all derogatory overtones that go with that description. This is instead a superior example of what only the screen can achieve, and close to home, it's another affirmation of what only Hollywood can put on a screen. And then then you get things like this, all right, which does not sound like... Um, a review today. Carrie Fisher, previously in a small role in Shampoo, is delightful as the real but spunky princess on a rebel planet who has been kidnapped by Peter Cushing, would-be ruler of the universe. Like, it's charming in its simplicity. Its simplicity is like, it, it's it's like Humphrey Bogart is just about to walk in and read it to you. <laughs> like, it's that era. Do you know what I mean? And they, they, they follow suit, you know, when you read, you know, get to some of the later ones like Revenge of the Sith, it's a little bit more as we would understand it. But the Revenge of the Sith one and, and the Phantom Menace one, like they're really balanced reviews. You know, like everyone hates Phantom Menace. Like it's, it's really balanced and so is Revenge of the Sith. It, you know, Revenge of the Sith is, is pretty much like, okay, we've now got Star Wars back, you know, in, in essence. And it's so, it's fascinating to see it. But yeah, there were the two things that stuck out was how balanced the reviews are. And then number two, just how they were just charmingly written because they are, like, you would not get that today in the Daily Mail. No, no, I agree, dude. And this- There's no agenda to it. Exactly, yeah. And this review is from May 25th, 1977, which is amazing. It, it's just, and the, the way it's written as well, is it's got this kind of like you said it doesn't have an agenda of any kind it's not having digs at fandom it's not having digs at geeks or anything like that it's not trying to derail anything at all all it's saying is this reviewer who was it uh, murphy is it ad murphy yeah this reviewer went to see star wars and just really liked it and that's it that's the review there's not any um it's not trying to passively aggressively passive-aggressively, like, have any digs at Kathleen Kennedy, George Lucas, anything like that. And it's a really lovely... A couple of cool little takeaways for me would be uh, both Guinness and Cushing bring the right measure of majesty to their opposer, to their opposite characters. Uh, and then it goes on to say, um, uh, the heroes and the heavies joust through an exciting series of confrontations replete with, st- with laser guns and other futuristic equipment, building suspense towards the climatic destruction of Cushing's war-mongering planets. Several chase and escape sequences are likely to stimulate spontaneous audience applause. I just love that, man. That is- Dude, it's, it's <laughs> in it. It's brilliant. And like, do you know, the other thing as well that actually stuck out was you sort of forget that people didn't know about Star Wars. So I'll read this little excerpt from it. So this is Variety.com. We'll stick it in the show notes. But okay, so this is carrying on from the Carrie Fisher piece of it. All right. Um, Let's pick it up from um, Mark Hamill, previously a TV player, is excellent as a farm boy who sets out to rescue Fisher in league with Alec Guinness, last survivor of a band of noble knights. Right. (laughs) So you've you've got that, which is fantastic. And then it sort of fast forwards a bit. And again, no one knew what was coming with Star Wars, right? No one had any idea. So then when, when you think about it like that, this next paragraph just is fascinating, right? Both Guinness and Cushing bright, uh, bring the right measure of majesty to their opposite characters, as you said. And then um, one of Cushing's kids is played by David Prowse, destined to a fatal duel with Guinness, with whom he shares these mystical powers. Like that, I just keep repeating and loving just hearing and seeing that because you're like... None of this stuff that we knew, 
none of none of the stuff that we know existed. Like it was just so like clean. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Pure. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Pure. I'm just and there was no canon, there was no you know, there was no like um mythology there was nothing behind it it was you know when we, we watched the a new hope again and you sort of go ah you know i can get over alec guinness calling him darth and making out that was his name as opposed to a rank or a title or whatever and i can sort of get over some of the you know vader was really like the sidekick and i can sort of write that off in canon with this there is no need for any of it it's just you get what you get with star <laughs> wars like what a world that must have been man what a time to to go and see Star Wars and just think, well, what was that about then? That's really cool. What are these powers that this guy's got? And the other thing that this review uh, is very cool is it doesn't it doesn't mention Darth Vader by name at all anywhere. All it mentions is, uh, like you said, David Prowse, voiced by um, uh, James L. Jones. Uh, and so, you know, it goes on to say he's unbilled and all the rest of it. And uh, yeah, it just, it doesn't, it you don't read the review at the well at the time you wouldn't have read this and thought oh well that spoiled that then this is, mm. and it, he also goes down the the roads that probably a lot of people would have thought at the time that Tarkin was the the top dog that that Tarkin yeah. was the uh, the thing he kind of was inside the Death Star you know the Emperor had obviously appointed him as like the top dog just for that thing but we know yeah. that Vader is like the Emperor's right hand you know he's his his apprentice we we know that but we didn't know it at the time we, we didn't know oh well me personally i wasn't alive we were both went alive you know we're both in our 30s still but it was a, one of those things where oh dude god what a time to just go and see it and then just think did you see star wars wasn't it absolutely amazing what do you think to this mm. but you had nothing else to reference that was it that was the film and that is it that's the final quiz that's the film done isn't that's it now that's the quiz yeah 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 in it, it it's it's just so charming in its simplicity, you know. When you when you really look at what Star Wars has become and the fandom and some of that toxicity, in particular around it, you do forget that. Uh, uh, you know, even when you listen to the stories and read the books and look at the Macquarie art books that we've got and and the, you know, any any of the you know, the things that have come out since, you forget that this was just this one standalone sci-fi movie being reviewed in its most singular basic form without any of the pressure that came with it and that comes with it every single time we do something. Now, and like you said, isn't it just refreshing to read something that's not, you know, um, while the less Jedi tries to do X, Y, Z, it falls short because of this, and that's causing rifts at Lucasfilm, according to online YouTube sensation Doomcock. You know what I mean? It, it's just <laughs> refreshing to not have any of that crap and just say, here's this really feel-good thing. Here are the great bits, and here are some of the not so great bits. And that trend carries on. Like Empire's got a great review to that re- to that um, in 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 that style. Jedi has got a very honest review, you know, which a lot of people think, you know, is is uh, you know a lot of people think the Return of the Jedi is not anywhere near the other two. And it's re- again, it's reflected, but it's reflected not in a way where it's like and this spells doom for the franchise, looking to reboot and recast. And it's just like, yeah, they made Harrison Ford a bit of a spare part in it. You know what I mean? It's just. It's pure, like you said, dude. It's cool, man. Yeah, good find, dude. Good find. Love. That's why like I put that. it on there. There we go. That answers the question. I said, well, I don't know why you put this on there, but there we go. There it is. Okay. Last bit of news. 
here in the UK, in uh, Lancashire somewhere, I think this is uh, Cleveleys. Cleveleys? Cleveleys. Cleveleys. Uh, they've set up Cleverleys. a new... Cleverleys. Yeah, they've set up a new set. Clevelis. They've set up a new set. Cleveleys. At the cafe. Winnersh. At the cafe for the upcoming um, uh, Andor series. And it's really funny because there were two articles that were added to this week's... Uh, I was going to say roster then. That's not the right word, is it? Schedule. There are two articles to this week's schedule. The first one is Andor set in Lancashire takes shape as a cafe down at the beachfront is transformed. And there was all of this stuff around secrecy. There's some movie trucks turned up. They started putting the set together, doing all that stuff. But it was all tight-lipped. It was like, is this yeah. Star Wars? We, we're 99% sure it is, but we're not really sure. We're not going to say anything. And some people were like, yeah, let's quiz some of the crew and... Uh, they got some answers there, but it was still still not confirmed, but we kind of knew. And then the next article is really funny because it's just photos of uh, Diego Luna, Stormtroopers and all that lot actually yeah. on set with all the green screen. So that kind of answers the question that, yes, it definitely is from the, the new Andor series. And there's not much to say on it. We've just got some cool photos of, uh, yeah, some Stormtroopers knocking around. We see Diego Luna in his costume on set, doing his lines, all that stuff. And the the whole set itself looks pretty cool. They've managed to turn uh, a very, very basic cafe uh, in a little seaside town here in the UK. Uh, it'll probably end up looking really sweet on screen. I know they've got, I know they're going to fill in a lot of the background and stuff. They've got giant 200 foot mm-hmm. green screens, but there we go. Diego Luna pushing it forward. Yeah. It's quite cool, isn't it? It's one of those old seaside cafes and you can see it like there's a lot of these in England that are like this weird Star Wars cantina shape. Like there's one in Brid, there's one in like Cleethorpes, there's one, that, well, there's about 13 Scarborough and Blackpool. And I just love that they've just gone, that looks like Star Wars and just, you know, put some old retro colours on it. Um, and just sort of just gone, yeah, that is Star Wars. Knowing they can tinker with the background and so on and so forth, like you said, but like they're not, you can see anyone that's from England, when you look at these pictures, you can see that they've not done that much to the set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've just green screened it and then they're like, "Yeah, that's the building." You know what I mean? It's that's how much it it is like this random kind of spaceport. You know, they, they, those buildings are weird in the UK. I love them. Um, it's interesting to see this starting to film though, because there's been a lot of talk about it, and then not that much until recently, which I think is good. Um, you know, it's nice to see that and the Obi Wan series really starting to kick off a little bit. So yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's good to see. I'm still a little bit unsure about this one, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago. I'm still a bit like, oh, it's not... I'm not that excited about it, but maybe I will be. I don't know. I'll take that back. I'm sure in the future. Hmm. Mabes. Yeah, I think we spoke about this previously when they, when Lucasfilm first announced all of these shows that are coming up, and we were like, hmm, and or it's probably the least one out of all of them. No disrespect to, uh, to Cassian. Sure, he's a top guy, top guy, but it was the least one we're least looking forward to. But there we go. At least it's happening. In a similar vein to the Obi-Wan stuff, we've seen recent set videos and photos. It's just nice to know that it's not one of those in a black void somewhere, Lucasfilm saying, mm-hmm. yep, yeah, this is happening. We've actually got some proof, which is cool. Not in development hell, as we call we it go. in the industry. There we go. Yes. That's going to do it for news. Let's have a, let's have a little chat. A wee chat about the Bad Batch because episode one landed last weekend. Yep, I've not had a chance to watch episode two today. 
because oh, I it on lunch. I've got-, oh, I've got a job, and said job is quite busy at the moment. So, plus oh. contractually, only get thirty minutes lunch. So it's just out of the question. Unfortunately, you know what you should do. What's that? Pre-prepare your meals on a night, then you don't need it. Just bring them in. Just put what you just put your name on it in the fridge. Yeah, probably need yep. ten minutes for lunch. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. There's no reason why you can't just have 10 minutes to eat at your desk and then just mm. carry on. I don't even know why people need lunch. I think HR has just got this all wrong. Yeah, I think so. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, it, if it were up to me, we'd all be working 12-hour days, um, not even bothering with breaks. I don't see the point in it. Well, you don't... I watched it at lunch. You don't make cool shit by having lunch breaks. I think Elon said something similar to that. Yeah. Crunch. yeah. I think you did. No, I have to admit, um, I did watch it at lunchtime over a sandwich. I've not got a contract. A bit of brie. <laughs> bit of brie. That's not me in bed with another man called David. That's <laughs> Probably pastrami. The <laughs> <sighs> bad batch. Anyway, so a bad batch. The bad batch. <laughs> Episode one. I'm going to say off the bat, dude, this really surprised me. Because I was thinking that this was going to be a real isolated little little thing. I thought it was going to be very contained around the clonage. And it was pretty much the opposite to that. It was really heavily canon. Really heavy. And it really linked nicely into, into the prequels and, and all that jazz around the whole Order 66 stuff. And really dove into... Even stuff that we didn't really see in the Clone Wars dove into how the clones themselves have kind of not not evolved because they can't, but the how we perceive them and how Dave Filoni and the other makers have moved their them them forward. Because throughout the Clone Wars, we did have a lot of personality with those clones, even the basic ones, you know, the cannon fodder clones. There was still a little bit of personality that you could see. Whereas here, they've really, like, um, they've just made pretty much all of them these. They, they may as well be robots. They might as well be droids because they've got absolutely no personality at all. None at all. And it re- I think that was really important and needed because the Bad Batch clones, they're re- they've got their own personality, their own sort of vibe going on. So they really needed to stand out against the robotic, you know, following orders, other clones. But the way it linked into Order 66 and in the way that they go back to Camino and the starting fights with other clones and stuff, and the uh, the clone that was within their, uh, their group that was, you know, having a bit of trouble, um, you know, not following orders basically was it omega is it omega uh no omega's the kid um oh sorry it's crosshair oh crosshair sorry yes sorry that's because i'm reading the word omega yeah so crosshair you know he's gone rogue from the bad batch group and stuff it's, it was really good it was a really good bit of star wars dude it really surprised me it really was man and there's a lot more in episode two that we can talk about we'll get to that next week then because there's a lot of um <sighs> I'll not mention anything, but there's a lot of stuff where you're like, oh, God, right, okay, that's very reminiscent of of what's to come. You know, there's a lot of that that's very, very interesting, which we'll talk about next week. But, yeah, what, so what I liked about this was, you know, this is very clearly Dave Filoni. Like, there was absolutely, you know, 
before we get to this, actually, spoilers, like, spoiler warning, spoiler warning. Like, if you if you don't want to know anything about this, stop now, because I am going to spoil it. You've had your chance. Right, so, <laughs> the Filoni is all over this. And right at the beginning, what I was really impressed with was, like you said, Order 66, how everything, what they're really doing in this new canon at the minute is fulfilling and really filling out that one-hour period of Order 66. So they did it with Sith, obviously. They did it with Clone Wars Season 7 from another perspective. Um, you know, they've now done it with Bad Batch. And they, they really, really... They did it with um, Fallen Order. You know, we've seen Order 66 now from so many different angles. That one hour, little one hour period. And we start to see the different angles playing in. And I'll come to that in a second. But the, this, like I said, this was so Dave Filoni because there was no reason at all to use... Caleb Doom and Depabalaba. There was absolutely, it could have been any Jedi. There's 10,000 of them at this point. It could have been any of the Jedi, any of them. And instead, it was like, actually, we're doing this for the canon. Which was fascinating. Like, there was no need at all, like I said, to do that. And that's why it was so good. Um, but yeah, I think what was fascinating about that was, like, you know, the old, um, some of the books, like some of the Claudia Gray stuff, like the Lost Stars books, some of the most interesting things, and even some of the Rebels episodes where you've got Princess Leia and Wedge, uh, where Wedge is still in the, uh, the the Imperial Academy, like some of the best Star Wars stories that aren't Skywalker based, for me, take place around the grey areas of good and bad and perceptions and certain points of view, and this really, really nailed that. You know, you've got Crosshair that's painted as the bad guy, but actually, he's just doing what he's always done, which is following his boss's orders, and it's the same boss he had before. You know, and he, he, and then you you've sort of got now. Well, who are the defectors? Is it who's the rogue? Is it Crosshair or is it the Bad Batch? You know, and episode two explores that a little bit further as well, and there's some pleasant little surprises in that. Um, which, if you you know, if you're again not spoiling it, but if, for Clone Wars people, you will you will recognise some of this going on. Um, so it was fascinating to really start to see that switch, you know, that literal switch from Republic to Empire. And again, that carries on in episode two. And it's fascinating, man. And I thought that was the most intriguing and interesting part of it. Like, yes, it's the A-team, you know, if you can find them, get them. Like, these guys are all specialists. You got the build, you got the mechanic, you got the pilot, you got the face man, you got the, you know what I mean? all very standard stuff. It's um, all sort of by the book, but with that Filoni edge to it, that canon edge, that real depth of quality. Um, I loved the voiceover intro, which, you know, again, I'm not going to ruin this as such, but it's not ruining it by saying it, but that's not in episode two, the war, the clones, blah, 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 blah. you know, that at the beginning that was a staple throughout the Clone Wars is not in episode two. So it felt like episode one was like this segue between the two. Like, okay, here's this ending and here's this beginning. Like, they're that close up that they sort of... What an interesting decision to have it in episode one, but not episode two is what I'm talking about. So there's just there was just a lot of interesting things going on. And the, like, the artwork, the textures, the paint on the armors... You know, that side of it, the fact that the ships look almost as realistic as you see on Revenge of the Sith. And, you know, some of the... Dude, it was just all really nicely done. It, was it a little bit kiddie in places? Yeah, but you've got a young kid as one of the main protagonists, you know, the big mystery of the season. So you can kind of forgive it for being a little kiddie. But, dude, I thought it was really, really well done. Yeah, 
absolutely agree, man. It was really well done. I love just all the little design touches as well were cool. Like the logo, which is starts off as the Clone Wars and it just burns away. And that's like, that's probably reinforcing what you were just saying. It's like we're segueing from what was the Clone Wars into the Bad Batch. So we're, this is all the stuff that you know and you love from that show. But we're, you know, we're visually, literally, you know, burning that off. You know, see you later. And, uh, and I love the personalities of each clone as well. I think the way that it handles that whole, due to their mutations, it kind of does away with, you know, the chip that was in their head that we find out that the that's what the Emperor used to brainwash them all. And that's why when he gives the order for 66, they immediately, without question, just, you know, to act on that and, and do that stuff. And it, it, it kind of... It's it's a bit um, as, as a kid watching it, you'd probably be a little bit like, "Holy shit!" Like that's like heavy. That's from the film. Like we see that, and it's heart wrenching in the film because John Williams' music and stuff. It makes it a lot more emotional. But it's not far off here because um, uh, because Hunter forms like a bit of a uh, uh, not a relationship as such, um, but he forms like an immediate bond with. Um, uh, with uh, the wee lad, uh, Caleb, uh, who goes on to, as we know, it turns up later on in Rebels, but he forms like an immediate bond because he's like, hold on a minute, this is this is crap. You know, what's going on? We've always worked with the Jedi and all that stuff. So all these things that you expect to have within Star Wars, it just pops up and it's just told from a different viewpoint now from these clones, not just from this is the Emperor shouting or this is, you know, the Jedi fighting the Sith. It's got a really nice angle into that. It's like a sideways step into the canon that we already know but it's just yeah like you said it just fleshes out that little period of time especially in episode one it fleshes out that little bit and gives you a different viewpoint man so yeah Filoni's all over it and uh, yeah I was just I was pleasantly surprised man because I, I wasn't looking forward to it that much I'll be honest I thought it was just going to be a pretty basic Clone Wars-esque um, I thought it was going to be more A-Team actually you mentioned they like the A-Team I thought it was going to be more that less canon heavy story stuff. So I'm glad it was the yeah. other way around. But so far, dude, episode one, for me, probably eight out of ten, dude. Yeah. I'd go for eight as well. Yeah, that's where I was as well. I'd, I'd definitely go for an eight. Um, and I'm sure it will drop into the procedural freak of the week style stuff. It's got to do. Everything does. Um, but I'm keen to see what you think about episode two. We'll maybe discuss episode two or maybe episode three, I guess, next week, depending on times. Um, but I would, I would, yeah, I would definitely... Definitely, definitely recommend anyone watching this. And, you know, not even going into the Caminoans and, you know, their decision-making throughout this and, you know, the, the you know, the Tarkin stuff, like the way that Tarkin suddenly, you know, we always knew he was a dick from the Clone Wars and he's just fully a dick now, you know? So it's, <laughs> it, it, yeah, there's just so much to like about it. So I'm with you, dude, and eight. Um, and I, I can see them leaning on a bit of canon stuff in the future as well. You know, there's a couple of bits in episode two where you're like, oh, fuck, all right, okay. Yeah, that that's a kind of canon thing. Um, and again, it feels felonious. I would imagine that we're going to have maybe a third of the episodes being deep canon stuff and, you know, two thirds being sort of, let's push this own little bit of a story along. But some of the mystery around Omega, you know, what's the deal? It's a girl. You know, they talk about the fact that she's she's what she is. She's a, a mutated clone like the Bad Batch. You know, what's, what's going to come out of that? What's her specialty? What's her background? Um... You know, and there was something interesting as well that I thought about, which was that, you know, 
Django Fett's DNA after all these millions of clones, there's only so much of it, and they're going to get weaker and weaker and further away and further away from the template. Um, you know, and obviously she's a lot younger. Is she going to age as fast as the other clones? Because they aged very, very quickly. Dude, there's so much in it that when you really think about it, it could be fascinating. Really could be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Didi. And I forgot about that scene, actually, just very quickly when Tarkin is at the uh, in, on Camino, And that's the little nod, isn't it, that they're going to do away with the clones and they're going to introduce mm-hmm. the stormtroopers. They want actual, you know, humans. Humans? Whatever planet stormtroopers, you know. Yeah. You know. He said conscriptions, didn't he? It was like human conscriptions. The, the, and this was interesting as well because a lot of this was very much around, like, how... Some of those grey areas of war, like who are the villains? Who's the who's the right person for following the order to kill the innocents? Like who's right and wrong? All these grey areas that crop up in wartime politics, you know, they were really kind of footnoted by this war profiteering that we saw in The Last Jedi. This, well, you know, conscripted soldiers are cheaper than clones. So I'm going to come and test whether the clones are going to be better than the conscripted people. And you're like, oh crap, like that's pretty... What's interesting about that is that's that sort of Lucas esque prequel level politi- uh, politics, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, which got derided for years and years as being way too not Star Wars. And now it comes back to this Christine Bavin, um, Bavin Bever's book, you know, this Skywalker thing. And I know we'll talk about this in a, in a little while, this Skywalker family at war. You know, there's a reason that the sequel trilogy only got about 60 pages out of all of those pages. So everyone kind of says this about Lucas and the depth of stuff that he brought, and it was too heavy, but it's still been mined to this day, as opposed to the very simplistic look at the sequels, good versus bad, you know. Yeah, I think it's testament to the legacy that's been put in place when you start to think about it like that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Everyone thought he was nuts for doing too much politics and too being too heavy. But he was like, just, that's all he did, but just pointed at his temple, tapped his temple like that. All up here, innit? All up here, mate. You'll need that one day. Oh, it's going to cost you. This is <laughs> so that is The Bad Batch, episode one. Uh, we both likey-likey, eight out of tens for us on that one. And that's going to conclude episode 105. Let's wrap it there, dude. It's been good to talk Star Wars as always. We will be back. Yeah, we will be back next week uh, for 106, and we'll review. Let's do episode two and three at the same time. I'll definitely get it watched during my uh, my 30 minute lunch break. So we'll we'll do that. And um, in the meantime, if you like Spark of Rebellion and uh, you want to follow the show, you can do that. Whatever podcast app you get your podcast on, listen for free. And uh, whatever app, if you have the ability to leave reviews or ratings, if uh, you've got a minute to do that, that'd be awesome. That helps us out loads. Or head over to something like Podchaser. That'd be really cool. Thank you very much. Uh, If you like uh, the show and want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon, which is over at patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion. You can get yourself some swag, jump on at various tiers there and join our other patrons. And thank you so much to you guys for your continued support. It's awesome. Until next week, dude, it has been good. Mr. Co-Pilot. Wow. If there is a co-pilot. Mm. Yeah, always a pleasure, dude. Good to chat. Um, 
Yeah, always fun. And looking forward to a bit more Bad Batch and talking about the old Skywalker book as well. So yeah, everyone out there, thank you for listening. Thank you to you, our patrons as well, to Sean and to Chris and to everyone else out there that supports the show, Denise and Pascal. Uh, thank you very much. And yeah, see you next week. See you next week, guys. Take care of yourselves and may the force be with you always. <laughs>